Welcome to the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. No matter if we are recapping the action from the week before, we're setting up what we are most excited to see in the coming days. I guarantee you will have a great time, so sit back and enjoy. What's up, everybody? It is episode 10 of the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. So we've made it to our double-digit episode, Cody. We've had some really good listeners we've had some good questions submitted i mean if we keep this going we're gonna go forever because this has just been amazing so thanks to everybody out there thanks to you cody for joining me and doing this and just having a great time doing this uh and how about us make our first double digit episode with an all football episode i mean i'm ready i'm here for it so we're going to talk, like I said, all football. So the major portion of this episode will be the ACC and breaking down how we think these teams are going to go, how we think they're going to finish, some crazy things about this conference that we'll get into right after Cody introduces us to week one of the NFL season. Cody, let's go nuts. Okay, so obviously it starts Thursday. The NFL is back. hope you've uh, drafted all of your fantasy football team and listened to episode nine because we gave some pretty good sleepers and pretty good pointers, if Absolutely. I do say so myself. So you've got Houston at Kansas City, obviously Mahomes, yep. Tyreek Ty- Ty- Hill, uh, Deshaun Watson. So I've, I've got Kansas City in that one, no surprise there. So I picked one, two, three, four, five games kind of to mention, just give you the, right. the winner of that one, uh, Seattle at Atlanta. Okay. I think that one's going to be fun. I think uh, the Falcons' offense is going to be something uh, to be reckoned with this year. Yeah. And then, of course, Seattle. I think they have a – they're kind of my – honestly, they might be my pick to make the Super Bowl. I got you. And I've got, Seattle, I've got Seattle winning that one. Green Bay at Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got Minnesota winning that one. And then this could end up being like – Looking back on it, one of the cooler, like, under-the-radar games all year. And that's if a couple things happen. So, let me paint you this picture, Clay Dodd. Okay. Who's the supposed quarterback at New England? (laughs) I've got the same game wrote down as one of my favorites. So, right now is what I believe is Cam Cameron Newton. Jarrell Newton. Yes. That's right. And and then Miami – is Fitzpatrick, but who's their backup? Clay, that will be one Tua Tungavaloa. Yes, and what if? And just stay with me. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick throws a couple three interceptions, which he's been known uh-huh. to do before. Uh-huh. But he's also had been known to have some Fitz magic. But I'm thinking the Patriots get out to like a seventeen-three lead, right. twenty to three lead. And everybody's screaming in the air, hey, why, you know, why don't we you know, play our number one pick? You know, yeah. why, don't, why don't we do that? You know, that? Wouldn't that be smart? The Hawaiian because, god himself. Yeah. You know, the sweet Hawaiian prince throwing pineapples and coconuts everywhere. Why don't we throw that guy? Let's and try that. what if he has another second 26 type moment, except this time <laughs> it's against Cameron Jarrell Newton oh. to give us Alabama fans a little bit of, hey, 
right back at you, son. Oh man, that would be just... that would be amazing. Oh, and God. then I I would imagine you have this game too, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New yep. Orleans Saints. Yeah, I think that game, Drew Brees and Tom Brady is going to be. I mean, if that right there can't get eyes on a on a Sunday, they need to I don't quit. Know. Yeah, we need to try a different strategy because I know I'm going to be watching that <laughs> for sure. I think that those three, those games you just mentioned, man, those last two, Miami and New England and Tampa Bay and New Orleans, that is must see for anybody in our part of the country. I think, like you said, Seattle is going to be I, I I think they got a great chance. It just feels like one of those years where they're gonna come out, Russell Wilson is gonna stop putting out these little short videos and start coming it'll be great. And then like you said on Thursday night, Houston and KC. Woo Oh my God. I mean this is I I I don't know. It's hard to get excited about NFL at times, but at other times you see games like this and just some of the the matchups and who's playing in these games. I mean this is a, one of my favorite opening weeks of NFL I've seen in a long time. Well, and then I didn't even – well, I guess this is uh, this is wrong because I'm about to mention it. But I wasn't going to mention my Cowboys. But yeah. that game they have against the Rams could be pretty interesting. They could. And it, I agree. It's this whole – Do you know what the tickets are going for? I have no clue. It'll be the first game in the new Ram Stadium in Inglewood. Yeah. Yeah. $337 a ticket. They can keep them. (laughs) And I was looking at, uh, I'll give this fact or give this stat when we break down the ACC, but most of the that week going from anywhere from 48 to like $110. So that Cowboys-Rams game is by far the most expensive ticket in the book. Now, I thought that uh, Saints-Brady game was going to be up there, too. You would think. I think – but but apparently it's not. I don't don't know if it's because that new stadium has to be paid for somehow or or what. For sure. There ain't no doubt that they've got something there. My Lord. Oh, and I've got got the Saints uh, spoiling Tom Brady. Okay. That'd be good. Uh, that would go against one of my picks on the uh, the fantasy there, but hey, I'll take it. I am sorry. I'm in a uh, survivor league this year, which I'm really oh, those excited are fun. About. I'll probably get put out those week one. Fun. You know, I feel like. Well, so what? What? What's your strategy? Well, um, pick winners is <laughs> going to be the best strategy. I, that that's also key. I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to spend some time on what teams I think are going to come out hot and play you know hot the first few weeks versus don't pick yeah, Tampa Bay exactly. <laughs> just, yeah, just let me go change that real quick. But uh, no, no, no don't I, do that. I think that I'm trying to pick out. Like I said, I'm trying to find teams that I think are going to be good. Say in the first four weeks that I don't think is going to continue that success and try to pick those early and get rid of them, get them off my board, and then have some yeah. teams that I think may be in contention later on in the season to have, you know, to pick from later mm-hmm. on when they need a win. Right. So moving on from NFL, let's talk some ACC. And what we're going to do – You mean the All-Clemson Conference? The All-Clemson Conference. They're, they're all in up there on the Roy bus, and I think – so before we get started, this scheduling 
is the craziest oh thing I have ever seen in my life. Now, of course, this year we're not playing divisions, so that takes nope. that takes a little bit out of their ability to match up teams, you know, and make sure that they don't have this many undefeated. Lopsided thing going. But there. who? Let's just jump in real quick. Who do you <laughs> think is the top team <laughs> in ACC? Who do you think the top? Let's say the top. Two top three teams that you have going all the way through the conference. Okay, so my top three, it's pretty chalky yeah. looking. Clemson, if you go anything other than Clemson, you you may or may not be on crack wow. cocaine. Uh, two, I've got North yeah. Carolina. And three, I've got no Notre, Notre Dame. Okay, so my top three. Well, you've got Mr. Hyde well- himself. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's very true. I'm just kidding. It, hey, you know, if he makes it there, then by gosh, we've got proof in three podcasts that it's been talked about that Clay Dodd's been in. But <laughs> there's no doubt. So <laughs> if you do it, man, then you need to follow him on Twitter and say, "Then this is because of me, sir." Hello, old Texas foes. How you doing? How you doing there? <laughs> so, uh, all right. Oh, so man. I picked two of those, and then I had a different third. Instead of Notre Dame, I have Louisville, the old Lewis. Of course you do. Because, of course, back a couple weeks ago when we talked about getting in the big thing. <laughs> I think they're going to go 7-3, seven, 7-4. Seven, I was like, Clay, you didn't, didn't pick them to lose. So everybody we went over, I had them loving though. Here's the thing. My top three do not play each other at all. Like, very, very Clemson, wild. Louisville, and North Carolina do not play each other. Not one. I don't know how this is possible, but it happened. It is right there in front of your face if you're looking at the schedule. That, yeah, how does? I mean, I, I don't know. Like that is very strange because Louisville's on the up and up. I, I, I have them fourth. Like, do you want me to give you my? My order, real sure. quick. How are you wanting to do this? How, how are you, well, you I tell you what, to... let's do that. Let's you give me your order, and then I will give you my order, and hopefully we don't get lost in translation. But then we can break down who we think you know some okay. of these maybe upset wins or, or big time losses or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've got Clemson winning, North Carolina at second, yeah. Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh, North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, and my, how the mighty have fallen. Florida State at 10. Virginia, I think they're going to take a huge step back and go to 11. Duke at 12. Boston College at 13. And Mr. Dino Baber should have left Syracuse three years ago. And, And Wake Forest. Because not only did they lose Jamie Newman, so did Georgia. God, everybody's lost Jamie Newman. <laughs> Let me. So our 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 <laughs> words, man. So our records, words, man. Our finished our projections are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do this podcast. What did you say? Something I, about projections and finishes and something I don't know. But anyways, they're okay, very similar. I'm ready. I'm here for so it. So I have that's good. I have a three, like I said, a three way tie for perfect seasons at the top. Everybody's going at eleven and zero in Clay's. I get. Let me just get this. It's it's probably like I don't know eight thirty yeah. 
8 o'clock, and he sends me a text. He says, I got three teams going to 11 I don't know what to do about it either, man. I, I mean, I've been – He said, my mind is completely – I'm watched. sitting here. I break down. I mean, this is not just my projections on here. This is what I use to gamble with. So, you know, I'm really screwed. Like, You're trying I'm screwed really hard. Because I'm sitting here going, how – how do I have three teams that can literally go eleven and zero, and at worst go nine and two, ten and one? Well, that's because they don't play each other. And I mean, it's crazy, just it man. blew my mind. So then I've got Notre Dame fourth, I've got Virginia Tech in fifth, I've got Miami coming in sixth. I've actually mm-hmm. got Florida State a little higher than what you have them. I got them coming in seventh. I think they, they're okay. a little bit better than that. But still, seventh from a national championship, yeah. you know, within the last decade, oh, yeah. is, that's, that's pretty yeah, crazy. It's, it's Tennessee 2.0 for sure. And then the shocker, I believe, out of all this to me was I had North Carolina State coming in in eighth. That's what I oh, Okay. Well, we're still on the same page there. I've got Georgia Tech having a better year. Georgia Tech has a ton of players coming back that were starters. A ton. And I know they weren't. So, Georgia Tech is nine. Yeah, I've got them nine. That's where I. That's where I've I, got Pittsburgh coming in tenth. I've got Virginia eleventh. I believe we're the same on that one. That's where I had Virginia's them. only playing ten what? games this year, which is a little weird. Cowards. I'm just kidding. SEC playing ten, but we're in cowards. <laughs> the next two we've got flipped. I've got Boston College in twelfth and Duke in thirteenth. So we're right there on the same, just flipped. And then my last two we have flipped. I've got Wake Forest in 14th. And like you said, Dino should have jumped ship a while back when he had the chance. He's coming in dead last. They don't have nothing, man. And they may not, they, they may not even be able to leave the state. <laughs> Please keep that in the podcast. I, will. I won't cut that out. <laughs> I love it so much. I won't, keep, I won't cut that out. If I cut out all the lines so that I messed up, I wouldn't have any lines. So... Clay, that's not true. You you are the train or not the train. You are the engineer that keeps this train mildly on the track, <laughs> sir. I'm the one that gets spacey out in like uh left field. Well, thank sir. you, but I just I don't know what's going on with me. After that first episode we did not and I just I I'm spent. I'm spent. <laughs> I'm all jacked up. I'm jacked up. I had like three cups of coffee while I'm going through this trying to figure out how in the heck I had three teams going eleven and oh. <laughs> that's why okay. That's why every cup of coffee is an undefeated team. There's no brain. doubt. If they would have been a bigger pot in there, I'd have four or five undefeated teams. But you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have. Well, I'm not gonna lie, Clay. Our projections are pretty incredible. Yeah. I was, I was kind of listening to you because that's what a co-host does. You know, is listen to your other co-hosts. Yeah. The the biggest gap we have, it like we flipped yeah. Pitt and Florida yeah. State. Like that's three spots. So. Other than that, every prediction we have is either the same or it's one spot either side. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, that is really incredible. The hardest part about doing these projections to me was I was looking at – I love looking at – especially early in the season now, once you get past, say, game two, returning starters don't matter. That's just – that's out of the window. You know, just throw it out. It don't matter. But the – Out of the window, out of the wall. (laughs) All, all the sweats <laughs> and all that good stuff is just you can't use it. But man, wow! You, Wake Forest had two thousand yard receivers last year. Two of them with the, which was the craziest thing. They each had one thousand and one yards. Now, did they have <laughs> two one? 
thousand one yard receivers? Yeah, both of them had the exact same thing, which is a little fishy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that, a that's little strange. fishy that we may have went back and added a little bit here and there. Fudge some numbers. Yeah. Just yeah. to get us over the one thousand mark. But they had two. Well, they lost both of them. One of them went to the draft. One of them decided, hey, COVID and Jamie Newman's not playing football these days, so I'm just going to set out. What a strange dichotomy that was. That that was the biggest letdown since – oh, my God. It was just a really big letdown. Because not that I'm, you know, a Georgia fan by any means, but I wanted to see what it would it, – it's almost kind of like what Alabama looked like without the prototypical – you know, right. drop back passer. Like I was like, you know, we've always said LSU gets a quarterback, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. If Kirby Smarts gets a quarterback that's not Jake Fromm and can't throw it but 12 yards, yeah. they could be really dangerous. But, you know, we'll never know. And I'm, I'm kind of happy for it. But on the analytical side, I did kind of want to see what it would look like. Well, well, so. Let me ask you this. Do you think that JT Daniels beat him out? Do you think that's why he's sitting out? Because I do. Most of Most of I, I think I mean, that it looked – and I'm not – I think if J.T. Daniels stayed in L.A., yeah. that Jamie Newman would be the Georgia quarterback. Yes, and I think that Jamie Newman went to Georgia to try and get his draft stock up. And whenever he went and seen that he was going to get beat out, what not a better year to set out because you can blame it on whatever you want to. And the NFL teams are going to be like, well, he was just he worried, was worried about, about COVID, COVID. when – when I guarantee you, somewhere down the line, they're going to come calling to Kirby Smart, yeah. and they're going to say, "Now, was it A or B, or did J.K. Daniels just just outwork him and he just beat him out and learned the offense better, or the team was behind him more, or what's the actual reason?" Yeah. And if it gets out that it was Kirby Smart, seems to be like he's not going to take up for just some guy that quits right. on him, you know, he's probably going to say, and I'll be honest, I, I think once JT Daniels got here, he kind of like saw the riding on the wall. And are you going to spend your third round pick on a quarterback that quit like no, that? No, absolutely not. I, I don't want any part of him. Nope. I mean, he caused the first sign of trouble that he's going to have in a, in a ball game. He's out. I mean, you look at, look at the time that he played some real NFL talent. Look at when he played Clemson last year, and on the very first drive, he quit. You could see it in his eyes. He quit. He got popped in the mouth twice on the first drive, threw an interception on the third play, and was done the rest of the day. And it wasn't – There's a lot – Yeah, go ahead. No, you Sorry. go ahead. The, you know, there's a saying where somebody said, there's a lot of quitting that person. There's a lot of quitting him. And, and I mean, he quit Wake Forest once. No, yeah. I'm not saying – that transferring's bad because, you know, look, let's just use Jake Coker as an example. You know, he, he transferred from Florida State, but he came into a job and he didn't get the job. Blake Sims, a running back, beat him yeah. out. But that next year, he kept right. at it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say that Jacob Coker was a quitter. And I'm not necessarily saying that Newman is, but – that opinion could change if we ever do find out why. Yeah, I, I think that – I'll be honest, like I said, watching him play Clemson, which was – I mean, yes, it was Clemson. It was on the road. We knew that was going to be tough. Now, that was – I believe, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think 
Wake Forest was undefeated at that time going into Clemson. I believe so. I believe and on so. the third play, he quit. I mean, he had, and it wasn't because he got hit, but he didn't get hit and got a concussion. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't targeting. It wasn't roughing the passer. He just got hit and he gave up. He seen real quick that that was not going to be what he wanted to do for that day. It was too legit to yeah. quit, but it was too good of a hit. It was to quit. clean. Both of them were clean. And it was just, he didn't want any part of it. And, they couldn't do anything because of it. But who who do you think gets the short end of this scheduling? Because I've got a Boston, Boston College. College. Well, I've got a team mm. that I think that really got the short end, and that was Virginia Tech. I mean, Virginia Tech could have a season, and they need one. Fournette or uh, yeah, Fournette needs one. No, not Fournette. Justin Fuente. Yeah, Fuentes. Fuentes he needs yeah. a good season, and he's got. 17 starters come back. Now, that's not counting uh, – was it Justin Farley, Fairley, the cornerback that's, yeah. that's supposed to go into the first round? He's sitting out that – and even with him not being there, that's nine starters on defense coming back and eight starters on offense. He's got a team. He's got his team. This will be his best team if he can keep them going. And, yet he, he somehow drew my top three that are all undefeated, North Carolina, Louisville, and Clemson. And that's the only three losses I got him having. Whoa. Well, I mean, if that happens, I mean, that's that's a really, really good season. They avoid Notre Dame. Um, they avoid uh, Florida State. No, excuse me. They, uh, yeah, they avoid Florida State and Notre Dame, but they draw the big three. And Well, listen to this schedule that I've got with Boston College. Okay. I've got them as having the toughest schedule. I, they have North Carolina, okay. Virginia okay. Tech, Clemson. Okay. Notre Absolutely. Dame. And yeah, they've got – I agree with you. Dawson College has got the uh, toughest schedule. And and that's also a reason, like, it also is the fact that they're Boston College and every game they play is going to be tough. Yeah. But regardless, there's not a lot of teams – like, I, I honestly, like, I don't know what Alabama's record would be in that five. Uh, I would venture to say four and – I would venture to say four and one. Yeah. Like I, I could see Clemson obviously beating Alabama. They also um, have a scrappy. So pit. probably four and one. They all BC also has a scrappy yeah, Pittsburgh and, team that's going to come in there and give them. Well, if they up. got a scrappy pit, they need to get to the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else they got on that schedule? You know, you know who else they got on that schedule? They they really need to just dr- school drag up and down that field, right? Yeah. That Texas State team that we've made fun of their. <laughs> oh my gosh! Episode nine. I hope they absolutely obliterate them. I can't. I hope Texas State. I hope that this is their last. You year. notice that uh, Boston College schedule is so tough that they went ahead and gave them an extra week one off. They just went ahead and said, "Let's just wait about getting you started. Let's just we got to actually prepare somebody <laughs> back. So we're gonna need an extra week. Yeah. I mean, wow." Just like immediately gave them week one off. Just yeah, you know what? Just take a week off. Let's just you know you can start with that. Yeah. And well, <laughs> let me ask you this: like, so Georgia Tech, what we talked about, Georgia Tech has got a ton of starters coming back. They've got nineteen starters coming back. Nine on offense, ten on defense. Ooh-wee. Ultimately, I picked them. Yes, to lose more ga- games than. You know, I went. I got them going five and six, so I didn't have them going to a bowl game or, or getting even to five hundred there. I think 
but I think they're going to get somebody. They're going to beat somebody that they're not supposed to. Oh, for sure. I really like what our friend Jeff Collins has done at Georgia yeah. Tech. He's completely turned that offense around. There's, there's, I don't know. What's your thoughts on? I think he, I think they run a four-two-five. I maybe that's a good defense in this day and age, but I've never been a particular fan of something like a three-three-five stack or, yeah. I, like, I'm more of a traditional. Like, I just think the three-four is the best possible option. Like, I just think that's the best way to play yeah. defense. Well, but. Yeah. Like a four-two-five just seems very thin to me, and you know there's some, you know you look at North Carolina, Clemson, Notre Dame, Louisville, Virginia Tech, those are some pretty like run-heavy type teams, yeah. you know. I mean Clemson to throw it everywhere, but you know North Carolina with Sam Howell, but they still have a ton of offensive linemen coming back. Yeah, like I just don't know if that's the right scheme in this college football to win well, with. Well, and that's. Honestly, the reason you go with a four-two-five versus a three-three-five is because that does get you the same amount of speed on the field as far as your back end, where you're you're over top. But then you also get four mm-hmm. linemen on the on the ground to try and stop the run. Problem comes with what if your what if your top linebacker is slow? If you're running a four-two-five, you might as well have five defensive lineman because if that middle linebacker doesn't have any speed, he's not going to cover anybody. Where if you had a 4-3 or a uh, even better, a 3-4 and you've got one or two extra outside linebackers out, out there, then they can cover that tight end. They can take care of the running back coming out of the backfield in the flat, something like that. Yeah. It's also it's almost like you can't really blitz with that. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you because, lose all because your... Because like, yeah, like if yeah, if you blitz, I mean, you are le- literally leaving what, like 15, 20 yards just yes, uncovered? Yes, because your linebacker, you, two things happen with that. Let's say you send the guy who is actually a little bit faster. Let's say he, he goes on a blitz. Well, then guess what? You got this slow linebacker sitting in the middle of the field who can't cover anybody. All by himself. And then if, if you go the other route, you say, well, we're going to send him. Well, guess what? They're keying on him because they know he's going to be the one that's blitzing every time. So it really hurts. You. And also, he's not that fast. He can't. He can't get the quarterback. Exactly. All he's doing is supporting the run. And so, I've always really liked the three four, just because if you get any, and I'm talking about any production at all out of your nose, then then you win the game. Like if you can get any push from that nose position, then I feel like you can do so much damage with just that one spot. To me, I feel like he's the most important spot of the of that team when you play a 3-4. I like a 3-4 whenever you are running more of a dime-style secondary where you've only got one true safety and the other four are actually cornerbacks looking to, you know, do mm-hmm. cover and your safety's floating. Wow, we are getting into some X's and O's right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And we'll get back to it quick. But I love it. Like, I, I'm eating it up right now. I mean, help, help, help. <laughs> exactly. But if you if you actually have your you know if you've got if you're running a three four and then you're still running two high safeties, Mm -hmm. you really to me when you run two safeties, I know a lot of people are going to argue well they're going to cover half the you know half to a third and the other guy's going to cover half to two thirds. But 
when you do that, you're limiting, you're looking for that deep ball. When you've got an extra guy that can float and may even come on a blitz and you've got one high safety mm-hmm. that can cover both sides, you are actually, to me, you open up an extra weapon. Because, yes, you take down the fact that if you've got verticals going and you've got two wide receivers running down each sideline, you're going to have to pick and choose. But that's one play out of every 25. So you just add yourself an extra cornerback that can come on an edge blitz. He can come and run support. He can be over top. If you've got that slow linebacker like we talked about, he can be five yards behind that linebacker and still cover the middle of the field on any kind of drag route. He – it opens up so much more, in my opinion, if you do that. Um, a 4-3, to me, you get too many defensive uh, linemen in their way. Oh. Yeah, I do not like a 4-3. Like, we played a 4-4 in high school, and my gosh, it was the worst defense. In the well, you're all lined up on each other. You're all – I mean, it run. was horrible. I hated it. I couldn't I, – I played defensive end and I played safety. And I know it's a weird dichotomy, but like it's just that's just what happened. I played defensive end and I played safety, and I'm telling you, when I was at safety, I could not see the ball. I could not. There was no gaps to find. Like everybody looked like it was one big jumble, and I would get so lost. And and then if anybody ever bounces outside, then you're you've got an open field. You don't have anybody to turn him back inside to your extra support. You're you're wide open. You better make a tackle in the open field. They're gone. Yeah, and if anybody at all ran a, a wheel route, yeah, we're done. because you, you sucked everybody to the inside of, between the hashes, and you ain't got anywhere to go. I don't think I've seen a four-four ran since since we played it because it's the worst defense of, in the history really, of sports. I mean, honestly, a four-four would to me is like running the goal line. You're trying to get everybody inside the inside the hashes. Yeah, but we ran that on on the third. I know, yeah, that's that's tough right there. That's really tough. That's why we were about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just there. If you want some X's and O's, I think you just got it. I, I think we just. I mean, that. I'm pumped and I'm ready. We went all chalkboard on you. There's right no there, doubt. I could have listened to you talking about. Well, I don't remember what you said, <laughs> but I could have listened to you talk about it the whole time, and I was just getting lost in in your X's and your O's. Well, hopefully, I confuse some other folks that way. They at least feel like they feel like I know something. But <laughs> I mean, you definitely like impress the heck out of me. I'm like. You need to be coaching Lynn Bear up right now, man. Uh, <laughs> Bear pride, baby. <laughs> I would love to coach Don. Coach Dodd on the That's mic. That's right. Oh, but actually, I know a lot of people probably think that North Carolina may have the best defender in the ACC. Ooh. But I think that Tariq Carpenter from Georgia Tech will be the ACC defensive player Ooh. of the year, the strong safety. Ooh. That is that's bold, and I like I like that a lot. I thank like you, that. Thank you. That's who I'm going with. Okay. So please follow him. He's number two. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a good one right there, dude. Speaking of free safety, so and you said this while ago. It just now you said this when you were talking about. <laughs> I say when so you were much. Talking about your your uh, position when you play defensive end at some safety. Yep. Whenever Urban Meyer's first year at Utah, after he came over from Bowling Green, right? He had a free safety who weighed around 185 pounds. I remember seeing the stat. His The year, that kid's uh, final year, which happened to be um, Alex Smith's final year and also Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. they go to the Fiesta Bowl, play Pittsburgh. That guy had transitioned and became a left tackle. 
My God. So he gained like 115 pounds and became a left tackle in four years. You know, I think that's my spirit animal. I know for a fact that but, man could out eat me any day of the week. Because, like, I feel like I have become a safety to a left tackle since <laughs> marriage. So, I, that's my spirit animal. And I didn't well, know. I think I bounced from tackle into guard back out to tackle because I went down a little bit, but I'm still up there. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, me and you'd be a good left tackle, left guard right. combo. Goal line, baby. Goal line against that 4-4. Let's go. 4-4 defense. <laughs> so, do you have anything? You gave out your defensive player of the year. We know who you got going and winning the con- – or, you know, you hadn't told us who won the yeah. conference. You told us who you had number one, but – Cl- I mean, Cl- yeah, it's hard to beat I mean, them. What? He's – they're the Kevin Harvick and that. I just, I just can't wait till we get the end of the year and we look back and – Try to figure out what the, how dumb we well, were. I, I want to know oh. what they're going to try to do when they got three undefeated teams and they're scratching their head like, why did we put these teams against each other at some point during the season? Clay, I know you're a betting man. You know that's not gonna <laughs> I know for a fact it's not going to happen, but that gummit, I can dream. <laughs> if now, if you do, I will be the first to push that and be like, look, this man on day is it? It is the sixth. It's is the sixth of September. 2020 year. I will say, yep. I will say Clayton Dodd, the goal 60, said there will be three undefeated teams. And I literally sent back like nine laughing. You did. And that was because I was laughing at myself. Couldn't believe it. But let's move on to the Clay fact. How about that? Okay. Clay Clay Nation. So there is a uh, species or strand, I don't know what you call it, a tick. A what? Tick. A you know, like them things. <laughs> oh, okay. Them things you get when you go out in the out in the wilderness. I don't know what you said for half. The Lone there. Star Tick is known for <laughs> biting people and causing them to immediately become allergic to red meat. Yep, I do know that. How awful would that be? I actually know somebody that has that, and it's absolutely. Tragic. I mean, just. I don't know. I I just want to fight them all. If that happened, like, did you just say do Seven Nation Army right there? <laughs> I'm going to fight them all. Every one of them. Yeah, I'm going to fight them all. So I just want to throw it out there. The Seven Nation Army couldn't hold. That's right. That's right. I put on my white stripes and everything. I'm going to fight them. Oh, boom. All right, so let's get into some rapid-fire questions to end this. Since you got your fact for the week, I hope you understand that and avoid all ticks, but definitely the Lone Star tick because God help us. They are jerks. All right, so this first question was submitted by a guy who we've mentioned in at least three episodes now, the last three episodes, who if you're not part of Gump Twitter and understand. You need to be. You need to be. But for those of you who are listening out, because I know for a fact we've actually got some folks out in Utah listening to us. We've had. Not that Utah. Not that Utah. Or the the real Utah. Um, Yeah. We also, by the way, this is pretty neat. We had some guys from Ireland who are listening to our podcast. What? You didn't tell me. You're going to break this news over the podcast? I, I hope it's Connor McGregor. I really hope it's Connor. Oh, dude. Dude. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Ireland. Yeah, Love y'all. Real. Potatoes. Thanks for everything y'all have done for the world. Potatoes so. are delicious. Uh-oh. Oh, they're so good. There's so many ways that we could eat a potato. Yeah, we'll drink it. So, 
Are there, oh. So Quack suggested this, uh, and it's a question about his own self. So are you ready for this? It's about him. My gosh, that is very vain, and I have to deal with this all the time. But go ahead. So rather, would you rather go on Twitter for a week and every tweet <laughs> that you see for that week be from Quack? Oh or God. it's like Skip Bayless. This is pretty stuff. tough. Or go for a full year without Twitter, but then once you come back to Twitter, you would never have to see another Clack tweet ever again. Oh, the latter! <laughs> My God, the latter! <laughs> give me that second choice every time. That ain't even rapid fire. That's just a, a rapid give. <laughs> That's so easy. Well, there oh. you have it, Clack. You're not loved by. No, he is, but I mean, I couldn't handle that. Would you say it's for a full week? Yeah, for a full week, you have to listen to what he's or read what he's got to say. I mean, all you got to do is, well, I, I guess there's like some kind of evil force that wouldn't let me mute him. We've never seen Skip Bayless and Clack in the same car or the same room or anything. Or the same car. I mean, that's true. That's big facts. That's, that's, that's a clay a fact, fact, dude. <laughs> clay fact number two of this I mean, podcast. I just throw them out there. Just pennies at this point. Potato. Potatoes. Potatoes. Well, I don't really carry potatoes everywhere because usually I eat them before I get there. But anyways, so next up, what chore do you hate the most? What chore do I hate the most? I know mine is all. I mean, I I don't like any of it. But, like, I really, really hate loading the dishwasher. Oh, God, yes. Like that. First off, it's nasty and gross, and I just ain't about that. So you don't do it as you go. Man, you gotta do it as you go. Just pull that door down, load them when you get done. Look, that's that's what they tell me. But like, I just like I just like chunking them. I was like, you know, if I got a good plastic plate, I'm gonna holler at it, just throw it, and see if I can make it. And you'll yell Kobe RP. Oh, yo. all right. So this last question. Did, did they clack at? No, no, that was you? all me. That was all me. These last two were all me on this one. I'm taking full credit on these, Mm -hmm. including the last one that we're about to get to that actually I've got another fact for you. So this could be fact number three for the day. Oh, wow. So the question is, what was the greatest thing before sliced bread? Greatest thing. Is this an opinion? I'm just saying, you know, everybody always says it's the greatest thing since sliced bread so what was the greatest thing before sliced bread I guess like what was the greatest thing before sliced bread I mean I guess it'd be like man that's the greatest thing since uh, that running water (laughs) (laughs) running water yep that would have been about the time, so that's great. So in case... Let, let me look that. Did you look up and see when of that started? I did. That's where my fact come from. So my, okay. so my fact was going to be... My answer was going to be Betty White because she actually came out... She was born before sliced bread. So sliced okay. bread came around in 1928 was the first time that sliced bread would be sold, right? Betty White mm-hmm. was born in 1922. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great fact. That is a great fact. I love that kind of stuff, man. I got you taken care of. I can tell you about ticks. I can tell you that Clack wasn't in the same car. Oh, and you know what? Sliced bread. That's kind of like a 
PBJ. It is. Me. Ties us back in. Is that where you put the peanut butter and, and the jelly. jelly? Hey, this week I had for the first time ever a fluffer nutter. Have you ever had one of those? Watch your mouth. I'm just now. saying that. <laughs> I'm telling Dad. <laughs> She's the one that gave it to me. <laughs> And that's how we end an episode right there, guys. Thanks for joining us for episode (laughs) 10. Make sure you come back. Make sure you share it amongst all of your friends and family. I know your grandmother probably wants to hear it, too. She wants to know all about the fluffer nutters and all the other things (laughs) that we have to say. So have a great week out there. Let's get in some real college football this weekend. Thanks again. Well, Mets Warriors. you enjoyed this episode just as much as we enjoyed making it for you if so make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast no matter where you get your podcast from make sure you send it to a friend because they really need to listen to it as well if you want to get in touch with us hit us up on twitter at pbjpod you can also send us an email pbjpod2020 at gmail.com you can even leave us a voicemail. You just got to go through the Anchor app, hit the leave voicemail link, leave that 10-second voicemail, and we'll put it on the next episode. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the Punts, Months, and Jams podcast, and we'll see you soon.